0: Perfect. Uh, welcome, everybody. Uh, this is the first of a series of uh, videos that the ASI national team's putting together to kind of just chat through the snowboard fundamentals and, and talk about you know, what they mean to us, what they mean to us as we're snowboarding, as we're teaching. Um, and, and we're, we're going to jump into this video series and, and really start to break them down because uh, a lot of people are starting to develop ideas about them. And, and as a team, we've talked through them and we work through them, but we want to kind of uh, do some things where we jump on here and, and really kind of just have some rock conversation about them. And so, um, this is your ASI, uh, snowboard team, and I'm going to let people kind of go around the horn and, and introduce themselves. And then we're going to kick it off tonight. So with that being said, I'm Brian Donovan, uh, with your ASI snowboard team. Uh,
1: Linda on. Stevens.
2: Hey guys, Tony Macri. Matt Larson.
3: Amy Bailey, Stephanie
1: Wilkerson,
4: Chris Rogers, Doug Hewitt here. Eric rolls.
0: Awesome. And, and tonight uh, we're jumping off with this first uh, call and we're going to be talking about the fundamental that's uh, control the board's tilt through a combination of inclination and angulation. And, and there's some big words in there. And so, I'm just going to let it roll. And and if somebody wants to kind of kick it off, let's, let's go and, and we'll just, we'll see where it goes.
2: Cool. Yeah. I'll jump in there. Um, you know, I think about like, when I think about this fundamental, I think about how we create tilt on our snowboard. And again, you know, inclination and angulation is a is also a little bit of an outcome of creating flexion extension and, and, moving our body and moving our joints. So it's, it's more like, I look at how we increase and decrease the tilt on our snowboard beginner levels all the way through. And something that, you know, occurred to me, like today I was doing a level one exam um, over in Vail. And, you know, I, from a very, um, beginning, uh, element where we're, where we're talking about our basic stance. And today I introduced that basic stance. and I talked about a basic stance on a toe edge and a basic stance on our heel edge. Cause we very rarely ride our board absolutely flat. And there we were talking about how we manage that tilt and how we balance over it. Um, and it's interesting, you know, when we talk about kind of moving from the board all the way up and starting with the ankles and then the knees and then the hips and kind of matching that. And one thing that I like to, to have people kind of go out and as they're riding is as you guys are doing, whether it's a skidded turn or a carved turn, and you're, and you're creating angles through your body, right, that angulation, think about what joint changes the most when you go from toe edge to heel edge. Is it the ankles? Is it the knees? Or is it the hips? And um, it was great, you know, as people kind of work and do that, and they kind of came to that consensus that it's obviously the hips. We're extending our hips to that toe edge and then flexing our hips on that heel edge where um, both of the other joints were kind of creating a little bit more flexion primarily.
5: Just stacking on on top of uh, flexion there, Tony. I, I think about as I'm looking to either create angles or I may be inclinating, uh, comparative to where I am as far as being taller or short, uh, brings some different outcomes out there and, and, as, uh, riding around and exploring those. Like if I was shorter, what does it look like as I'm inclinating or creating those angles versus if I'm taller? Cause there's some, lots of movement patterns that we might utilize as we transition from one edge to the other, uh, where we start putting those, those angles into action.
0: I'm just going to, I'm going to jump in and and I'm going to kind of roll with that is, you know, I think this fundamental is there's like, there's four really important words, right? So you got tilt, which is a, a a pretty important word. That's how the snowboard is interacting with the snow. Um, and then you got combination, which is an important word. You got inclination, you got angulation. And, and so, you know, when I think about this one, I think of tilt to kind of speak to Tony's point is, um, you know, how is the board relative to the snow? and uh and Tony's talking about you know being on toe edge versus heel edge and what the stance looks like and and I like to think of that but I also like to think of like flat board is definitely still a version of tilt right managing a flat board is still tilt to some extent and then like that idea of combination to me like we'll kind of come back to it but um you know inclination is is that like leaning your body relative to the mountain or relative to the slope or relative to the surface and then angulation is creating angles with the body to to kind of balance over the board as we're doing it. But I really seldom ever think that we just isolate them and live in, in, in zones. We're not just totally leaning and not creating any angles with the body. And we're very seldom just creating angles with the body and riding a flat board, right? Like we still have to put in some, some lean into it to actually get the board up on an edge and actually get it to carve and get it to tilt. And so, um, you know, it's fun to play with those extremes of isolating them, but at the same time, Uh, combination is such a key word here as we kind of mesh them together to get different outcomes, kind of to what Larson's speaking to. And so, you know, really just unpack this one. There's some pretty powerful words um, that build into the concepts we're talking about.
1: Yeah. Brian, with what you're saying, I'm just thinking about a student I was working with last week. He was really wanting to work on um, like a toe side hand drag Euro carve. And I was just noticing like how intense the inclination and the angu- angulation movements had to be to create that tilt and be able to manage that level of tilt, going from a pretty extreme angulation to a pretty extreme inclination. And then back again, it's a, it really highlights this fundamental that we're discussing tonight.
0: Yeah, Lindsay, um, one of the things that you just said, and it kind of hits me in the head when I think of this one is I think of like motorcycle racing and i think of those people that see like high-end motorcycle racing on tv and they see like that person like super leaned over dragging their knee and like their like elbows are like almost on the pavement and then you see somebody trying to do that and they're like (laughs) bike is totally upright and they're like hanging off the side of it and what they're doing has no real purpose but they like think they're in the position to be like mimicking their motorcycle race like icon or that person who's like full tilted the the sport bike over but they're like totally upright over top of it. And they're using the whole bike to get it. And that it's kind of cool. Like what you're talking about is, you know, purposeful amounts of what we're trying to do to actually get something to happen, as opposed to just like way bending over, trying to get as close to snow as possible, but like actually not getting the board to carve or not getting the board up on edge or, or just the opposite. So I think it's pretty funny.
5: I, uh, I have a story, a story to share about what happens when you're not using the combination. Uh, (laughs) I basically blew up on the hill three times today. I had my hard boot set up. So got my forward stance like this. And and if uh, there was a moment where, say, I was fully extended and really limited my ability to create angles, all I could do was inclinate. Oh, boy, not a lot of forgiveness there. <laughs> it's a good time. I think it
6: was entertaining for some people. Yeah, I mean, it just it just points out that The farther your center mass is from your board, if you're inclining a lot, it's harder to recover too. Mm -hmm. Where you look at some images where somebody is really stacked and more vertical over their board, they have more options at that point. If you're really committed and angulated and you're building up a lot of that pressure and you need to make a quick move, that can be challenging for sure. Donovan, I love how you bring up that focus around the combination because it truly is that that blend of the two and trying to figure out how much to do of of each. When I think about inclination, I think about that being a position relative to the slope, and I think that makes it kind of unique amongst these fundamentals. Is that it's it's relative to something else exterior, something not within our body or attached to our body, and. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one to self-diagnose sometimes because you may not be able to see that distance of your body to the, to the slope. This one's a good one to ask a friend to, to take a look and see where your body is in relative to the, to the slope. I mean, we can get a general idea, but it's good to get someone else to have eyes on it and uh, to see, how, see how close you are to the, to the slope.
5: I'm having a cool thought about what does this fundamental look like for the beginner lesson and that classic image that you see of uh, someone new to the, the concept of turning a snowboard and when they go to that inclination move, the things that happen to them, that we see them become more unstable or maybe even fall over in that component again, circling right back to combination. We we've got to have that other piece there for them to be successful. So I think that's a really cool component to just
4: be aware of when so many of our lessons are at that beginner level. Yeah. And even at the most basic level there, Matt, like in a, in a heel side slip that for that student in their very first heel side slip and you're watching them manage tilt. Right. And, and they're trying to find that balance of leading their body we're using different joints and you see, you know, people slip out on their heel edge or catch their opposite edge. And like learning that balance is so obvious in the beginner lesson. I think, I think this fundamental gets pigeonholed into carving ways, way too easily. People talk about tilt and they immediately think of like high edge angle ripping through the snow. And, and really anytime we're, we're turning, we're controlling tilt to be able to get that outcome of that skidded, that skidded turn, right. And it takes the right amount of tilt at the right time, too much tilt. You're going to build up pressure and get some chatter through the end too little you're going to slip out like the, all of those dynamics is, is really show up even from day one in the heel side heel side slip you yeah, just
1: me thinking about the uh, the students that get really low they're they're creating a lot of angulation but there's just no tilt and they're just sliding you know trying to heel slip or something and they're just sliding with a flat base just cruising down the hill really fast because they're unable to tilt the board because they're not combining the angulation with the inclination.
0: Yeah. Those are two, you guys brought up two things that are just like, kind of hit me as light bulbs. And, and Lindsay, that one is, you know, like the difference between a person in that beginner day one lesson, dragging a hand because they were just trying to get close to the ground. And then that person who's dragging a hand super laid out, you know, in this like awesome, you know, powerful turn on, on steep terrain or something way different, like the the outcome of dragging the hand is very similar, but with way different body positions to get there and way different outcomes in the board. And then Rogers, what you're talking about, I think is, is super powerful, right? Like that. We've all seen it, that day one lesson who can't really figure out how to just regulate edge angle. And they're like ramming it on and, and releasing it, ramming it on and releasing it. And it's like that, that moment where we're just waiting for you know, either to fall back and, and you know, fall on your butter or, or to have it like drop and then catch an edge. And, and it's really figuring out how to uh, get the right amount of flexion in the ankle, get the right bend in the knees and the hips to be balanced over the edge, to then find that sweet spot of actually creating edge angle, which is tilt. And it has nothing to do with carving. It literally can just be almost trying to just stand still for that person. And that's a really cool concept.
3: It makes me think about like, when you get that person on their toe side for the first time, and they're, they're having that like really snappy, you know, boards coming up high boards hitting the ground again. And then you find out that they're like, yes, (laughs) rolls. they're like standing on their tiptoes rather than like relaxing their ankle and sinking their shins into the, the toe or the boot. And, uh, and sometimes figuring that out in your lesson, you're like, you have to find out what muscles are firing, where they're getting tired before you can figure out, you know, how their, how their foot's actually making that, that angle happen, um, rather than, you know, a fast ankle move to make that, that snap versus, uh, calming it down and making it more of an inclination move.
2: Yeah, that's, um, that's real cool. Like, I think it's, it's real obvious, especially at those beginner levels. Like we're seeing that, like, you know, like rocking the boat as they're doing their their heel side slip or toe side slip, kind of like you're talking about. Um, it's also interesting, you know, as we start moving up, into more of the intermediate riders just to start exploring the different ways we create that tilt. Like, um, some things that I do that I like to play around with is just have get people get on a really flat run and point the board down the hill and have them like, like straighten up their knees, straighten up their hips and stuff and just go up on their tippy toes and then, and then pull their toes up. So they're just rocking from edge to edge only using their ankles and just like have them feel, like how quick the action versus reaction is, right? The ankle joint is so quick, but it's so not stable to your point, Amy, when we get up on that ankle joint, we're opening that ankle joint and then have people like try doing it just through the knees and try doing it more through the hips. And it's really funny. The one thing that we don't talk about all the time is, is how people use our use their spine as well to, to make subtle adjustments. And it's it's more of that like, you know, we have like the, the ankles at the bottom of the body that make those fine, fine motor skills kind of down in, in the, to create that tilt. But we also have, you know, the, the, a little bit of spine flexion as well to make subtle adjustments as well to kind of almost Sometimes counteract some of the stuff that we do. Like, for example, a good example of that would be like when you see somebody doing like an MJ or something like that on a box, a real high level move, and they have to counter the upper body with the lower body. And there's definitely a lot of stuff happening in the ankles, knees, and hips, but there's also some spine action in there as well that I think sometimes gets overlooked.
4: When you brought up MJ's on a box and I was just, I was just thinking many of our most dramatic falls that you see snowboarding are related to, to controlling tilt, whether that's on a box, you think about like somebody learning their first 50, 50 and not keeping the board, not reducing tilt, right? Not, not controlling their tilt to keep the board flat and they slide out one side or another, or onto like board slides onto a down rail where, where you don't get on, on flat and the board slides out from underneath you. But even in the beginner zone, those, those edge catch, right? Not controlling Tilt in a heel side slip or a floating leaf or even a basic turn, letting the board go flat at the wrong time, and catching that down, downhill edge. We've all all seen it in students. Many of us have had it happen to ourselves as well. You definitely get some with some of the other fundamentals. Maybe an accidental uh, lame dog, but but uh, from not controlling pressure along the length of the board. But certainly in inclination angulation to affect tilt. Um, we, this is like it's an area where uh, ineffectively controlling tilt can definitely be a, a major dayender. Yeah. This is one that uh,
6: I knew the least about when we were when we were exploring different concepts for the fundamentals. This is one that I've had to really wrap my head around because I've these terms get uh, misused, inclination, angulation, and then you talk about Brian. You said combination, and this was it's really interesting. This is a, a the one that I had to really think about the most and really get my head wrapped around. And now it's, it's like my main go-to, I, I like, I'm so sold on it. I know how important it is. And um, I know it can be confused with uh, pressure along or across the width of the board. We should hit that at some point. Um, but as I've been working on this in my own riding, I think about, you know, riding steeps. And when I'm inclined into the hill too much, particularly on my heel side and I start to get that chatter or maybe the going to the toe side is really delayed and I have to use some shoulder to get the board to come around because I'm too far on the inside of the turn. I've been playing around with, uh, I found two things that really helped me figure out how to reduce my inclination. Um, kind of tying it back a little bit to, I don't always know like how far I'm leaning into the hill, Like I can't get an outside perspective of that space. And uh, I can feel the pressure building up on my heel edge at the bottom of the turn. And that's when I know, but it's too late. It's like too late by then. So what I've been doing is uh, from toe to heel, I've been really focused on, on using twist. And that's allowed me to stay right over my snowboard. So instead of dropping the hip down into the turn to create twist, and then bringing the board around, I've created both angulation and inclination into the hill, which has created a lot of pressure at the bottom of that turn, particularly in steeps. But when I twist using my ankles, I have to stay right over top of the board and the board reacts in it, and it pivots nicely without having to create that leverage from my hip. And the other, the other one that, that I discovered more recently is, uh, really focusing on turning the legs uh, and not the pelvis. The pelvis can, can rotate and the femurs will turn inside the pelvis. But what I found most, most effective is to turn the femurs uh, in the pelvis by moving the legs. And so this has kept my hip stable and it's allowed me to steer the board around with the lower body um, using the knee you know, to track towards that you know pivot to make the board pivot so if i really want to get it around a lot and quick i'll keep my pelvis stable and then steer with the knee which will turn the femur inside the pelvis those times when i really turn my pelvis first are the times i'll likely be too inclined because i'll get too far on the inside of the turn and so what i've done is i've asked people to say hey watch watch my toe to heel if you see my pelvis moving first, tell me. If you see my leg moving first, tell me. And I've been really trying to focus on so I can be aware of that. So twisting the board with the ankles as well as, you know, moving, moving the leg inside uh, at, the, at the femur, where the femur meets the pelvis. Does that make sense? Like I've been geeking out in my head about it and trying to work I on so it. That was so nerdy. It, made, it, it changed my riding. I'm telling you, it changed my riding. And I've been focusing on it, switch and steeps, and it's been awesome. Like I, cue, I know when I'm doing it.
5: Cue the video of these examples yeah, right now. Yeah, I
6: know. Yeah. I'm, I wanted <laughs> to get it. some stills of it. Maybe we'll get some some videos of it. But I think the, that's
2: uh, really. I think that's yeah. cool how you talked about it in relation to terrain. You know, you, like you have your board, and when the terrain pitch is changing, it changes the angle of the board. To that, to that point, like that, that segues real nicely to something that I've been playing with early season um, at Copper. Like our, our half pipe just opened, and I've been playing around with obviously flattening the board against the against the wall. And obviously, you take the whole thing that you're talking about, and, you know, and you're on steeps, and now the same thing. I'm on like a steep wall, being and and getting getting that board flat on that wall is all about perpendicularity, right? kind of as we're going up, we're trying to get here versus kind of being here and like getting, getting tall and then scraping down the wall. Anybody who's ridden pipe and comes down at the bottom of the pipe and is like, oh, that pipe is too icy. And you're like, why are you so high up on your edge? Right. So mm-hmm. thinking about trying to get that board flat. And even if you don't have a pipe going on like a cat, a cat road and getting on the wall and trying to spray snow up the wall sort of thing and trying to get your board flat and getting on that downhill edge, all that sort of stuff is really interesting to how we manipulate our lower body to get on the, uh, on the edge or, or to your point, kind of flattening a little bit, you know, whether it's a rot- rotational move there or whether it's a, you know, how you get your board under your seat, C- your CM to kind of flatten a little bit. Um, super, super cool. So many different applications on the Hill, you know, to Roger's point with, with getting on metal and, and plastic and then the steeps and, and the pipe as well. So it's, it's really cool.
0: I'll, I'll just link those, you know, what Tony's you're saying and, and what Rolls you're saying is in my riding when I'm, you know, on something steep or even in the pipe, you know, and both I just think about, am I over top of my edges and am I pushing my board into the mountain or into the wall or am I leaning towards the mountain and am, is my board kind of getting out away from me a little bit? And I can almost always describe the sensations I'm getting, how much control or grip or, or lack of grip and chatter I'm getting. And I can come back to, am I creating some angles and am I over top of the edge pushing it into the mountain or am I leaned in and is the edge kind of down below me and am I riding the edge a little bit less, you know, purposefully? And and therefore, uh, I mean, it's fun as hell to do it, but there's moments where it gets away. And if I'm too lean in, whether it's the pipe or on something steep, if I'm not over top of it, I'm going to lose a little bit of grip at some point and it's going to be hard to recover. And so in my riding, I can almost always come back to, um, whether it's an error or whether it's a really rad sensation of, am I over top of the edge pushing into the mountain or am I leaning towards the mountain and the board getting away from me a little bit? Yeah, Donovan, I
7: think that's a cool kind of observation there and sort of where my head goes and kind of, we're talking a lot about sort of, you know, steep surf pipe or freestyle and kind of being efficient and kind of, you know, in that recovery position. But I don't know, I've been kind of thinking the opposite uh, when I've been out there playing around, goofing around, letting it get a little bit of loose Right, and uh, that that sensation that you're talking about of kind of letting that board kind of get out there and, and sort of ride the edge a little bit. And I'd love to hear from the crew, uh, maybe maybe we don't have to dork out as much as uh, Rolsey did and get super tech, but maybe, you know, as we all kind of chase that, uh, you know, that belly carb or dragging your butt in the snow, uh, what what are the rest of you guys thinking about to get that, you know, hyper-inclinated position where you're really getting, getting stretched way out there? Um, what what do you guys think about to find success in in that little style of
4: carving? Sure. Say, I think I think oh go ahead and Rosie. No, <laughs> I, I think Brian said something really important at the beginning, which is the the combination word, and and it's really easy to take a still image of a Euro carve and you or of any carve, but you can describe how much tilt there is, how much inclination, you know, how much the body is, is uh, inclined into the slope and how much angulation there is in the body. And, and if you look at a really laid out Eurocarve, that's very little angulation, a lot of inclination, a lot of tilt. But to get into that position, I find, and, and so looking at combination as a different way in terms of movement through time in the initiation control and finish that turn, it might look very different. And so um, I use a lot of flexion in the initiation of that Eurocarb. And when I'm actually tipping the snowboard over, I'm very close to the snowboard. And then I'm extending away from the snowboard, actually pushing my center mass into the center of the turn and resulting in a very laid out carve position, which then has that very inclined, very little angulation look but it takes that combination to get you into it effectively and to get out of it effectively, right? You can't just, it's, it's much more difficult to just stand back out of that. You got to be moving pretty hot to stand back out of that, um, without flexing again, to get back into that position.
3: Yeah. I like that Rogers. And it, it depends a lot on snow conditions and different factors of what kind of equipment you're on, like a hard boot, you know, you can tip it right over a lot faster than, you know, a really soft setup and stuff. And, uh, I was thinking about that recently somebody sent me a video um I've been trying to get better at the like heel side layout carve and uh, and I've been getting like as low as I can at the start of the turn to get into that um or somebody sent me a video the other day of um Stally sambeck uh, at the bottom of his his I don't know slope run or pipe run maybe um but just like fully just laid it right over like did not get low first and and it was gorgeous um so now I'm like oh man I gotta go try that out too and see if that's just going to hurt or like how, how he did that. But, um, but it's pretty cool that uh, there's so many variations of how you can do it and, and how you can make it look good.
7: Amy, that's, that's so awesome to hear you say, right? Cause we were kind of laying out all these snowboard fundamentals. I think that's the whole point. Like there's no right or wrong answer, right? You can just kind of dial those knobs up or down and you can do it stally style if you want, or you can get real small going into the carve. And one way isn't necessarily more correct than the other. I don't know. I think that's
4: kind of cool. The yeah, other sure. place you see that is like the bottom of a of a high speed, super deep, like Alaska spine line powder, and right where you're able to just fully bank into it and come out, and, and like overall, it's a very similar position to a Eurocarve, but doing it, I mean, almost standing up on the hill. There's so, you know so steep, but that similar look to Stale and that heelside one. Well,
7: yeah, see- it, it, ahead, it's
2: interesting, um, Chuck. When you're when you're mentioning that, like like what we do and stuff like that. I also think about a lot of um, times people, we don't, we don't think about but how we set up our board and we talk about like bevel and stuff and, and utilizing things like that and creating different bevel on our board to allow us to get it out of, out and away from us a little bit. You know, um, when I bring my board in the shop, I always ask for a two base and a two side bevel and they look at me like I'm crazy and I my style of riding I like to ride a little bit lower and get the board out away from me um where some people don't like that they want to hook up earlier so getting you know um like you know especially in the hard plates and stuff like that the Larson you're talking about like that you know traditionally those sorts of boards are have a lot less base bubble on them and you can kind of it hooks up a little bit quicker and stuff like that and it's to your point it's pretty scary sometimes yeah um but uh, but yeah just just playing around with and riding different bevels on your board will definitely have a big big effect on when you get that bite and how far you get it out away from you before you before it bites
5: we were uh, just doing some tuning a couple nights ago actually put a 0.75 on the base and then three on the side and oh wow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man it'll hold on i tell you that uh buddy he was talking about going four degrees or even five and um yeah i, I didn't do that <laughs> i didn't do that three's plenty for all of y'all out there three's plenty on the side
7: hope you got some body armor and maybe a full face <laughs> yeah. helmet yeah with, with an angles like that
3: <laughs> that's a world i do not play with at all with like what my edge stuff's at like i just don't pay attention to it but Something I did play around with with a group the other day is getting like tipping on the edge at a really slow speed and just kind of feeling out your own board and and what that side cut does for you and starting to get used to your own equipment and and you know learning your own stuff rather whether it's on a very technical level or just you know feeling it and having no idea what's actually going on down there, um, everybody can gain that that experience on their own.
6: And that could be that could be really hard too. Going super slow on a on green terrain, yeah. Carving, I mean, talk about trying to find that sweet spot of combination. You know, you really got to be on top of that edge. You incline too much, you're gonna just slow motion tip over. Yep. You know, you're too you're too flexed. You may not get the edge angle. So that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah, it was it
3: was fun. It was a group that was heading to their level one. we did it Friday. They're heading to level one on Saturday and, uh, and they were all trying to get a little bit more grip out of their board and carving. So we, you know, took it to an extreme to, to feel out what's going on and get them to feel those sensations.
0: What's crazy about that though, is that I also use that as an activity at level three exams. I'll put candidates on green terrain and I'll say, let's do some high edge angle, slow speed carve turns. Yes. And I don't want to see a lot of the like the herky-jerky like recovery moves. I want to see purposeful. I had a lot food. of
3: herky-jerky going on. So
0: like balance. And that is a uh, an activity you can do at, with folks going to a level one. And that's an activity that you can do to see who's really aware of body position and how it balances you or or gets you out of balance, uh, you know, at a really high level of riding. So super rad activity. I
4: mean, even at the very base level, like if you've got a big flat spot that gets groomed at your mountain, taking your board off and tipping it on edge and, and having, like I've done this at level ones before where people are struggling with carving, tip the board on edge and run it in a circle, like like see what that side cut looks like before you even decamber it, right? So it's not the, the true shape of a carve, but letting people see how that edge bites into the snow and how that affects the the radius of the turn is, it, like anything you can do to open people's eyes to how that, that relationship between edge angle, side cut, like different equipment, how that's going to bite into the snow differently, how that's going to look different, how that's going to feel different on any kind of equipment's pretty cool.
3: Yeah. That, they care so much about that on the ski side of things. Like, you know, they have a different ski for a GS course versus slalom course. And that's all to do with side cut radius, I believe. Um, and that's something that we don't often think about on snowboards.
5: Hey, what do you guys, what do you guys, what are your preferences as far as using forward lean as a tool in creating tilt? So I, I definitely heard people uh, pretty passionate about it because it's it can be a cool lever in addition to just pulling your toes away from the snow to really bank on and get that heel edge to bite.
6: Uh, and some people wide it, you know, leave it pretty open. I I like to use technology, however I can, to maximize my abilities. My name's Eric. That's that's what I do. <laughs> is this, I use forward, is this I like forward, forward lean. lean anonymous here. Just a two, just a F two. Okay. Not not extreme, but that's I my story.
1: I think that's something that can be very easily overdone, especially with students mm-hmm. and their boards, um, and it creates kind of a hindrance sometimes. So I think being very careful and vigilant about how much you put on there is is key,
3: as far as that goes. I,
5: I'd like to confess here. I think I got an F four. Oh, it's all blurry.
3: Blurred out. Wow. Yeah,
5: yeah you that's should keep because that. Blurred. It's F four.
3: That's it's why blurred an out.
5: Answer
6: that. Yep. <laughs>
0: So yeah. Steph, I'm going to jump on that though. Cause I think you're correct. I think there's a lot that goes into it, right? Like there are boots that have forward lean built right into the boot. And so that person might be in, they might be like already kind of rocked forward before you even put them in a binding. And then taking a look, like to go to what Larson just said is, before I even think about tilt, when it comes to forward lean, I think about just what is the angle of like the, the, the tib and fib and, and where's the knee in relation to the foot. And like, what position does you just put your lower leg in standing in a binding as you ramp up forward lean or, or ramp it back. Right. And I think it's just, if you watch somebody walk towards you, and then all of a sudden you put them in a, uh, a binding with forward lean, it doesn't match where their normal stance is, Like sure. You might be able to help them get some performance down the road, but they might have to kind of relearn how their, their ankles and knees flex just to be balanced. And so I think it's super important that we kind of just take the whole visual of how they stand in their boots how we stand in our boots and, how, and what we want to get out of it. And, and I'll also say, like, I'm a forward lean junkie, but I also do it on purpose because I, I like how it gets my knees into certain positions that help me. Um, but I think it's that whole package, really, like, how does it all kind of go into the recipe of ankle, knee, and how the lower leg sits with the forward lean.
2: I'll chime in on the other end of the scale. Um, anybody who's looked at my setup, zero forward lean. Um, obviously, to, to Donovan's point, most gear nowadays comes with a stock forward lean built in, even before you start adding it. Um, you know, my, my opinion on the forward lean is like the idea of forward lean, in my opinion, is to get us our center mass centered between the toe and heel edge um, so that we get equal timing movements to the toe and equal timing movements to the heel. Um, so, yeah to Stephanie's point too much forward lean cranks us over the toe edge and then our heel hooks up real quick. And then we're just hanging out over our toe edge. Um, but, but yeah, I ride a softer boot and I, anybody who rides with me, I ride a little bit more flexed anyway, so I don't need extra, extra effort to, to flex me for sure. But, um, but to that point, you know, um, my ankles at the end of the season, I uh, get a little bit sore and, and stuff like that because I'm doing all the effort myself and, you know, I'm not, not utilizing technology like roles. Uh, so maybe I should get smarter and not, and not work so hard. Um, but, but yeah, um, on the flip side of that, then I have, um, I have a little bit more range in which I can make adjustments for, to, to save myself in sketchy rail situations. Um, so I can save myself a little bit in that, in that regard, but um, but again, to each their own, you know, and, and the beautiful thing about those adjustments, in my opinion, it's all about different body types and how we how we stand. You can watch to to Donovan's point when, when somebody walks, sometimes people walk and their heel doesn't touch the, the ground as much and they walk on the balls of their feet or on their toes a little bit. And you got to take that into consideration. And you can even look at somebody's shoes sometimes, you know, if you're with them in a rental shop and see how their shoe is wearing on the bottom to get an idea of how they're going to be moving and their tendency and movements uh, when they get in their snowboards.
7: I'll throw a, a little caveat on this and then I'll, and I'll kind of leave it uh, the whole forward lean thing. I definitely like to, to roll a little bit of forward lean on my setup, but I'm real particular about what bindings um, I have that forward lean on. Right, and if it's a, if it's a high back that's too stiff or even a little bit too tall. Um, I, I don't like it. I, I like having, uh, it's usually like I three or so on the, the Malavita bindings are pretty soft because you can flex through that forward lean a fair bit, you know, versus if you take like a, a cartel or something that's a little bit stiffer, you know, you're going to hit that high back and you're not going to be able to move through it quite as much. So, so kind of the Tony's point, kind of the Rolls point. Like I like to, uh, to use that technology, but I like to have something with a little bit of give, and it's not going to, you know, be locked up against the back of my boot as soon as I contact it.
4: Chuck, how much forward lean are you using on your snow skate? <laughs> <laughs>
7: snow skate's a whole nother ball game. That's all, all <laughs> ankles, all day long. Uh, but it's interesting, right? Because I, I taught a kid a couple a couple days ago um, who had a real skateboard background. And, uh, you know, it's real interesting as we talk about inclination, angulation, right? He really wanted to be over the top of the snowboard all the time. Uh, And I was trying to use forward lean as a little bit of a tool, right? To help him uh, start to uh, start to get that board on edge a little bit more. And he just would have none of it. (laughs) He was, uh, he was in the Tony camp. He didn't want any forward lean. And it was really interesting where I would turn his forward lean up and he would get worse, (laughs) and I would turn it back down and then he would pick right back up where we left off. So, uh, you know, it's to Tony's point again, it's kind of, you know, watching how people, you know, how people move and where they're comfortable are and kind of playing off their strengths instead of trying to force them into one particular way to do things. Yeah, that.
1: it's interesting that you say that because um, I've actually worked with some students where I will go a little over the top of the forward lean and and not for a long time. I don't want to like punish anybody, but you know, just letting them try it out for a run and seeing what happens when you take it off for that next run, seeing the understanding of body position that comes through. And you know, sometimes it's like an aha moment for that student to understand where they have to position themselves to be able to create that tilt.
0: Lindsay, that's that's really rad because. You know, The thing I'm hearing from Chuck that I'm hearing from you is just there's not a perfect setup that comes out of the rental shop or out of your like local board shop that's going to be the best for all of us, right? It's We need to pay attention to what the person is and how they are set up and, and how they move and what their body looks like and how it's shaped and how their, their joints move and what their background is. If they're a skater and they're used to being right on top of their deck as opposed to somebody that maybe surfs and they're used to being kind of like banked out and like leaned in way different um, setups are going to enable those people to be way different levels of successful. And so it's really rad to hear that because it comes down at the end of the day to the individual and figuring out what fits that person. And it's really cool.
4: Another piece that comes to mind there with equipment and how that affects controlling tilt, inclination, angulation, and speaking of rental equipment um, stiff boots and how that affects the ankle joint and the ability. I think about like breaking in a brand new pair of boots, how different it feels rolling onto your toe edge with like a brand new stiff pair of boots. And many of our students are, are in a stiffer boot out of the rental shop. Right. And, and that, that lack of an ankle joint really makes a difference in, in how you control tilt on the toe side. I right? just think of all those times where you end up feeling it almost, almost feel like you're edge high or like, you just don't have that ability to flex into the toe side to, to create, Uh, tilt and as soon as you start moving the board's up on edge and and so many of our students are dealing with that on the on the toe edge uh just because of the boots right out of the right out of the shop yeah we we always
6: say like check their boots make sure you tighten them up but in some cases you may want to loosen them you know to get more flex of the ankles i think we've you know fallen into that trap before we're like in new hire training like always check their boots make sure it's all laced up tight but maybe not i mean some great advice uh you know, Chris gave me, he's like, loosen them up, loosen that, those, those stiff boots up, get some more flex, you break them in. Um, I think it'd be good. I kind of want to segue the conversation. I think it'd be a miss if we didn't talk about the difference between uh, this fundamental and another fundamental, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of teased it earlier, but I think there can be some confusion around, you know, how we, how we create pressure along or across the width of the board and its relationship to tilt and inclination angulation. Who wants to jump in to to start that one?
2: Yeah, Uh, I'll jump, I'll jump in with that one. And um, it it almost kind of brings me to the point I was just talking about a little bit with the forward lean piece is my, my thought process on the ability to manage pressure across the width of the snowboard uh, versus uh, creating inclination angulation to help uh, manage tilt is the how much I move between uh, across the board to, um, without, without affecting necessarily tilt. So, so for example, to the point with forward lean is like, yeah, I ride a softer boot. Yeah. I ride with no forward lean. And I have all this adjustment, all this movement I have to save myself and manage pressure either you know more towards the toes, more towards the center of the foot, or more towards the heel of the foot uh, before I, I increase or decrease the tilt of the board. So all of that movement is what I'm using uh, to save myself in several situations, whether that's you know through through uh, through a carve turn, through a skidded turn, or kink on a rail, or whatever whatever it might be, right? Uh, but absolutely, um, that that is that in my opinion is uh, the way I show it. You know, especially like today at a level one exam, I'm like, okay, look, I have all this range of movement across my board and it's not changing my board, but it's definitely changing the pressure point underneath my foot and therefore underneath my board.
0: Yeah. Tone, I'm going to jump on that. And that last part you talked about is that idea of like, you know, we've seen those commercials where like, you know, I don't even know what it is. It's like different types of feet. And like, if you're standing, what part of your foot is the dark red? What part are you standing on? And then what parts aren't you really like balanced on or putting pressure on? And I think of that so much about how I kind of roll from like toes to heel in my boot. And, you know, I'm a, um, I ride my boots super loose because I like the ability to feel my ankle kind of flex and move around on the, on the base of my foot without getting performance out of my snowboard. And it's that idea of being on a rail or a box and being able to like squish my ankle and move my center mass a little bit like more over the toe edge or more over the heel edge, but not try to ramp it up onto a, you know, on an edge and and try to just move back and forth. And I I think of it as like little moments moments in time of adjusting where I am above my board before I get performance that is tilt or performance that's really like getting it up on an edge. And so I think of it as that like little sections of like a sequence of moments in time of how I move across the width And where my body is across the width and it really is just adjusted by kind of how i roll you know from the ball of the foot to the heel and and through the arch and on the different parts of the foot and so it's it's that uh anticipate anticipation right before i want to get performance of tilt
7: i think your your skateboard analogies are are right on there donovan uh and i'll I'll kind of pull into the snow skating world here and kind of one way i like to simplify this out or kind of explain it to folks is you know if you take a snow skate or a skateboard Right, you can move your feet around, right? They can slide. You can move your feet towards the toe side edge. You can move your feet towards the heel side edge, right? That's to me, what's really happening when we talk about the, the lateral pressure, right? And, and, and managing our pressure from toe side to heel side, right? As we're doing that, we can still create tilt, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you think about, um, creating tilt. If I'm on my snow skate and both my toes are hanging off the toe side edge and my heels are in the middle of the snowscape. I can still ride the Why skate. Wait, I look real pretty, right? But I can still kind of manage tilt, but I'm just going to be real heavy on that toe side all the time, right? Versus um, if I'm on my snowboard, I don't have the ability to change the position of my feet. So like you and Tony are saying, it's a much more subtle movement when we talk about that, that lateral movement of our center of mass, because it really is just kind of rolling, you know, from your toes to your heels and kind of maybe around on your foot just a little bit you know, but, but I'll kind of add to your points as well, that yes, that's precise. But even if you think about it, like if you're in a big, um, kind of laid out carve, but you're, you're coming into a a carve, you can still change that lateral pressure to direct all of that pressure towards say the, the front of your toe side edge and use that as a takeoff point, you know, in skateboarding, you might think about loading up your trucks and trying to push off one of the wheels, right. And you can do that if you're coming in off of, uh, you know, a fair bit of, uh, of tilt through inclination and angulation, and then you can add in that lateral pressure to create that pop at the moment of takeoff. This so is where, how I like to,
4: to think about it is
7: just, uh, you know, using a little bit of that skateboard analogy.
4: I think this is one of the areas where we, we love our shorthand and describing lateral pressure or describing tilt, and the full <laughs> fundamentals really help clarify these two. So control tilt through a combination of inclination and angulation, actually control the board's tilt through a combination of inclination and angulation, right? It's all about tilt, controlling tilt. That fundamental involves flexing and extending. It involves the ability to incline into the hill and and how 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 many angles in your body are you using to balance while you're doing so, but it's all about controlling the board's tilt. And the lateral fundamental is control the relationship of the center of mass to the base of support to direct pressure across the width, right? So thinking about the finish of a turn the center mass is still inside that, say that heel turn. And the relationship between the base of support and the center mass has to change to get the center mass inside the new turn. So it's all about controlling that relationship, not just about the pressure and where it is on the board, but controlling the relationship between the center mass the base of support so that could be through in a you know up and weighted or a most extended edge change turn moving the center mass over the board and in through that everything you guys are talking about you would see that scale change or you would see that truck turn on the skateboard right Um, or or move across Um, or it could be through a retraction turn where you're pulling the snowboard underneath you but you're changing that relationship of the center mass and the base of support to move that pressure across and so they are happening at times simultaneously Right at some point, you're releasing pressure off that edge as you start to roll to the new edge as you're decreasing tilt. Um, so they're kind of happening simultaneously for a bit of it. Board goes flat, and there's a moment where you're actually moving pressure across the width of the snowboard. But again, it goes back to that controlling the relationship um, piece is that key word and fundamental.
3: Good point, Chris. Uh, when I think about it, I think of like a board slide um, on a box or a rail, and the the board performance stays tilt right where I don't want to get it on edge, and I need to keep it flat. But it's the pressure across the width that, that really matters and where my center of mass is in relation to the board, the base, the edge, so that I can stay on top of my board and not have it slip out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Amy, I love that you're putting it in a freestyle and you're talking about that sensation of what we always talk about getting forward and, you know, a backside board slide. And, and it has nothing to really do with trying to not, uh, it has everything to do with trying to not tilt, but it has everything really to do with where you are above the snowboard uh, to not get the board to tilt. And then Chris, to your point, you said it earlier when you were talking about the, the roll into a Euro carve, you talked about being super low at the initiation of the turn and then like slowly, like almost rolling the volume knob up into that big, like inclined position. Right. And then now when you're talking about um, controlling that relationship, now what you're talking really about is as you're coming through the end of that Euro carve, you're making a move where then you're moving back across the width of the board, whether you want to be low to get into like a heel side Euro or whatever, but you're, you're at this like super laid out Euro carve, And then you need to make a move to, can, to basically start to release the edge, start to move across the board so that you can then get to the new edge. And so it's so cool how it's linked with that idea of like um, low roll on the volume knob of incline, you know, more and more and more, awesome like you know magazine like center shot uh fully euro carved but then there has to be a move to get back above the board and and kind of control where you are above the board so that you aren't just gonna like forever go into a slide for life on your belly um so it's super rad that it's that idea of like how do i get out there and then how do i start to like work myself back above the board to get into the next turn
5: as we talk more and more about this i'm like trying to condense that message like how what's the the 10 second description of pressure across the board versus inclination and angulation that combination of that to manage tilt and um i i think i've had a light bulb that i'm going to share here and it's like for our uh our fundamental in managing tilt our combination of inclination and angulation It's like looking at your body and all the joints and muscles and how they trickle down to what's under your feet and manipulating your board versus the pressure piece of how do those, how do your movements of uh, muscles and joints relate and manipulate your center of mass in relation to that board? Did that make any sense? (laughs) Like down to the feet versus manipulating your middle? Oh, they're there. I clean that
6: up. Close. Yeah. Less words. Yeah. I thought it was going to be four words. I thought it was going to be four words. I got to six. That's good. That's good. I'm still processing. Mm. It's fresh for me too.
1: Can you say that again?
6: <laughs> no. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you could say it again, we know it's simple enough.
0: Yeah.
6: Yeah. Pressure on, okay, yeah. So, uh, like movements
5: directed to what's under our feet versus manipulating our body towards our middle.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay.
5: Yep. Just a thought. I really want We're getting to, like, there. Uh, We're getting just there. Wanted We're to share there. with that one.
6: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah. I think uh, I'll, really I'll call for ten seconds of silence now. <laughs> Let it simmer something really interesting about this fundamental is how it relates to the Alpine fundamental on inclination angulation. And, and in the Alpine world, you know, their, their ideal is directing pressure to the outside ski, which requires angulation to do well. Um, and, and the difference for us being, we can have a really clean, uh, turn with, with a lot of inclination and not much angulation, uh, where, where to them that, you know, that banking, if you just incline into the hill, it's taking pressure off your downhill skil- ski. So re- reducing the uh, effectiveness of your pressure distribution. So it's, it's really, it's kind of cool that, that the way, like the, the fundamentals are written very similar, uh, but in the in Alpine side, one of those is a less ideal outcome. Whereas for us, it's that combination and and both are great. I'm glad you said banking. Chris, <laughs> I'm banking. not going to go into it right now. That's another conversation
7: for another evening, I think. But You're going to put something on a base for later?
1: Sounds there's like he's been studying for his Alpine cert too.
7: <laughs> <laughs> interesting conversations to be had around banking for a later date.
0: Well, and just to keep those similarities, right? Us moving across the width of the board is similar to Alpine moving ski to ski. It's a different plane of motion, but we're trying to get from an edge across to a different edge or to a different piece of gear with a different edge. And, and it's all, it's pretty rad when you start to just kind of look at um, at the end of the day, how are we trying to get our gear to interact with the snow? We might move differently to get it to happen, but but we're creating kind of common themes of how we want to make it happen. I think that sets us up real rad for one of the next videos that we can go a little bit further. We're going to give Larson some time to really dial in his six word, 10 second shorthand uh, so that we can all digest it and he can repeat it eight times. And, and this is, again, this is kicking off a a whole series breaking down the fundamentals and, and talking about them in our writing, talking about in our teaching as a, as a team, as individuals Um, you know, this one uh, is control. Uh, the board's tilt through a combination of inclination and angulation. This is the ASI snowboard national team. Um, We hope that you guys enjoyed this session and there's going to be a series of these coming out and uh, and we're going to kind of dissect each fundamental individually. And and so stay tuned and and keep your ears to the ground and, and go out and play with the stuff that you heard tonight and see if you can replicate it and get the same sensations and then come up with your own ideas of how it makes sense to you and then come back and revisit this and, and see how it relates to what we've been talking about. So, you know, if you made it this far, thank you for hanging out and stay tuned for more.
4: If you made it this far, you should definitely be coming to Rider Rally at Big Sky in the spring. Do it. We'll play with I some just start inclination. I'm so excited. I have our itinerary planned for
5: everyone. That So register. We'll see you at Rider Rally, folks.
7: Yep. Yeah.